0: This podcast is brought to you by Marcus Rodriguez. If you're looking to buy or sell your home in this competitive market and you're not too sure where to start, look no further than Merced's preferred realtor, Marcus Rodriguez. He will make the transition go as easy as possible and you can reach him at 209-554-1715. Again, that's 209-554-1715. Visit his website, www.myagentmarcus.com or email him at info at myagentmarcus.com. This podcast is also brought to you by Duffy Murphy. Whether you need studio time, mixing and mastering services, or someone to clean up your podcast audio, he's your guy. And trust me, because he's my guy. <laughs> now you can get a hold of Duffy by emailing him. His email is duffy.murphy at yahoo.com. Once again, that's duffy.murphy at yahoo.com. Or you can find him on Instagram. That's at Duffy Murphy. This podcast is brought to you by Thor. If you're in the Central Valley area, and you're looking to get a tattoo, look no further than this dude right here. He's a versatile artist that specializes in black and gray realism. He's located in Merced at the Merced Tattoo and Piercing Company. And if you'd like to get in contact with him, the easiest way to reach out to him is through Instagram or stopping by the shop. So his Instagram is at underscore Thor with five E's. So that's at underscore T-H-O-R-E-E-E-E-E. And once again, thank you guys for tuning in to Real Talk and Whatnot, a Central Valley podcast. I am your host, Micah DiAle, and I'm a filmmaker and photographer based out of the Central Valley of California. Um, If anybody out there needs any wedding films, commercial work, photography work, real estate videos, real estate pictures, music videos, anything in between, let me know. I'm your guy. You guys can contact me at 209-769-4596. Once again, that's 209 4596 Email me at, it's micadealey at gmail.com, micadealey at gmail.com, or find me on Instagram if you wanna check out the show, see all the promos and everything else. It's micah.dealey, that's M-I-C-A-H dot D-I-E-L-E. Happy home day, you guys. Thanks for tuning in to Real Talk and whatnot. And if you're new to this show or podcast, this is a show where I highlight the talented individuals that live within the Central Valley of California, as well as people in general who are passionate about what they do. Now, before we get into today's episode with the mayor of Merced, Matthew Serato, uh I want to talk to you guys about making sure that you're downloading all the episodes that you're listening to on whatever podcast app that is. So if that's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever it is, make sure you guys are downloading them, not only listening to them, but downloading them as well, because podcast stats suck and apparently you need a lot of downloads if you want to start making some money off a podcast uh, so please do that for me it really helped out the show it helped me out and it helped me be able to do this more and more and more full-time which is you know probably the end goal there at least to do this do some photography videography and that's it and I can just you know, have a job that I'm passionate about, and I just appreciate anybody listening out there, and I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you. Now, if you're not subscribed to my YouTube channel, make sure you uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel. Type in Real Talk Studios. Type in Micah D'Ailey, M-I-C-A-H-D-I-E-L-E. Whichever one, it'll come up. Real Talk Studio is the name of my YouTube channel, and you guys can just hit subscribe. Really appreciate it. I'm trying to get to 1,000 subscribers. I just hit 300, which, you know, seems like we're pretty far away, 700 more people, but, you know, Merced alone has, like, what, like 100,000 people almost? So, no, actually, they have, like, 90,000. But Merced County itself has, like, 200,000 people. So I just need, you know, like what is that, like half a percent of you guys to subscribe to my YouTube channel. And so please do that. It really help out the show. It helped get the word out there. And please, 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 you guys, share this podcast with your family and friends in the area. A lot of people don't know there's a podcast all about the talented people that live within the Central Valley of California, and that would really help out the show, and I would really, really appreciate it if you guys could do that. And then my next thing is you know i'm trying to promote this podcast i'm trying to think about different ways to promote this podcast you know i've done an instagram ad and that actually really worked i've done all my my promos and teasers for season three i've done a lot of different things but if you guys have any ideas out there on how i can promote my show real talk and whatnot let me know you guys i would love to hear you guys' feedback on what ways you guys think that this would, you know, help the show out or which ways I can help the show out and get the show out there. So please, if you guys have any ideas, feel free to reach out to me on my Instagram. It's, uh, Micah.D-A-L-E, M-I-C-A-H.D-I-E-L-E. So please do that. You guys would really appreciate it and this week on the mind of Micah or whatever we're calling it maybe I'll come up with a name by next week or the following week or the one after that regardless of what it is today this week I'm going to show you something that me and my beautiful wife Lindsay made in Brightsburg, California if you guys haven't been to Brightsburg, it's a great spot to just be outside to go running to go hiking to go swimming whatever it may be it's a beautiful spot about an hour out from Yosemite and about an hour away from Merced and I would really recommend you guys go there but what we did is we made a little short commercial about Royal Robins now Royal Robins was a climber in the 70s. I mean, he was, he's been a climber for his whole life, but he was one of the main climbers in the 70s who brought the popularity of clean climbing and uh, the brand Royal Robbins, which he started and still exists today, uh, sponsors me, or not necessarily sponsors me, I'm an ambassador for them. And so it's just been a really cool opportunity for me to like creatively work on things and our deal with Royal Robbins is they provide me with great outdoor gear and in return, I just, you know, I make some stuff for them. I, uh, I give them some uh, content, basically. And it's just been a great, great time. And this past couple weeks, me and Lindsay went out there and we made this really cool thing. And I just wanted to share it with you guys here. So without further ado, you guys, here it is. The open road. Or maybe it's the off-road. Regardless... It's your path. It's what you desire. It's what you're passionate about. A wise man once said, Before the deed, comes the thought. Before the achievement, comes the dream. Every mountain we climb, first, we climb in our mind. Getting to the top is nothing. How you get there is everything. And my guest today is Matt Serato, you guys. Now, Matt is a really cool dude. He uh, was nice enough to say yes and to come on my podcast, even though he had no idea who I was. Uh, Pretty funny story, actually. So uh, I'm a high school substitute teacher, and I was subbing. And I was taking the kids to career day, and I was taking them to career day, and that career day, we take them to the cafeteria or the gym, and there's just a whole bunch of different tables set up with a whole bunch of different people, so there's firefighters, there's people from the Army, there's people from the Navy, there's, like, you know just a whole bunch of different people and then there's people from the law office or the DA and that was where Matt was and so it was kind of funny cuz like all the kids are like doing their assignments they have to go up to all these different people and I kind of am waiting waiting for my opportune moment and then I see Matt Matt like no one's uh, in line to talk to Matt and I go introduce myself I'm like hey Matt uh my name is Micah DiAli I have a podcast that's all about the Central Valley I would love to have you come on if that's something you're interested in uh we could set it up and then he was just you know was like hey yeah I can so like, I'd love to come on. He gave me his number and then he even gave the number his number on the podcast. So this guy's all about the community and that's the number one thing that that I got from this conversation was just how involved and how dedicated he is to just making Merced a better place. And that's all you could ever want from a mayor because you know when we were talking on this this podcast we had talked about a lot of conversations. I didn't know that the mayor's mayor, the mayor's not a full-time position, you guys. The mayor gets paid 500 bucks a month as, like, it's basically like, you know, if you're a coach for a high school team and they're like, here's some money and, like, I mean, we know it doesn't cover everything but, you know, here's a stipend. That's all you get. You get a $500 stipend. And so, really, the people who run for mayor and who run for city council and those people, they want to be active in the community. They want to make the community better. They do this out of the love of, from their heart. And so, I just want you guys to know, like, I didn't know that going into this, but Me and Matt had a great conversation. We talked about who he is and how he ended up in the Central Valley of California because he was not born here. We talked about why he wanted to run for mayor and how he did it because how he did it was a little differently than most. And then we always talked about the Bear Creek cleanup. He's always posting about him cleaning up Bear Creek and what he plans to do and how he wants people to go back to floating down the river and Bear Creek. And that would be so fun. We could all like, you know, instead of driving to Snelling, we could do it within the city itself. And so... I don't know. I just had a great conversation with him and we talked about the people's questions, you know, like the favorite spots and Merced. When are we getting a Trader Joe's? When are we getting a Chick-fil-A? Jeez, like, that was the most asked question ever. And uh, I mean, you guys, that's it's not the mayor's decision, but hey, he get he knows information like The thing I loved about this conversation is that when I asked him these questions, he had the facts about Trader Joe's. He had the facts about Chick-fil-A and what we need to do in order to have them come here. And so that's what I I give props to him because he was just so well-prepared, so professional, and such a cool, down-to-earth person. And I truly, truly, truly enjoyed the conversation I had for him. So ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, please give it up for the mayor of Merced, Matt (laughs) Serrato.
1: This is it. Real talk. What not? Real talk. That's it. Real, Real talk. talk. Real talk. Real talk. <laughs> Real talk. <laughs> you crack that thing open on air. That's how you do it.
0: Hey, oh, yeah. yeah just like on. a little right yeah. there. <laughs> Good opening. Right there. Exactly. So, Matt, I want to thank you for being here. And uh, why don't you introduce yourself for people who may not know who you are?
1: Yeah. My name is Matt Serrato. I'm uh, the mayor of the city of Merced. been the mayor since uh, December of 2020. We got sworn in on the city council for a few years before that.
0: Mm-hmm. So then you ran on uh, in 2020 you were running? Yeah,
1: throughout 2020, and then uh, the election was uh, November.
0: Okay, so in your guys is the same as the normal election, correct? right, right at that time? Yeah, same yeah. as the presidential general. Yeah, period. yeah, exactly. I to remember then, I voted for you, man. I voted for sure. you. <laughs> there we go. No, and then, um, so what kind of brought you to Merced, Central Valley? Were you raised here, or what What, what led you here?
1: I, I grew up in the Bay Area. I grew up uh, on the San Francisco Peninsula, uh uh, lived there, went, born actually born in San Francisco, went to high school in San Francisco, and then oh really uh, college at uh, UC Davis, undergrad, uh-huh. and then I took a year off after that. I worked uh, for the Parks Department for the oh, uh, really? city of Burlingame for a bit, uh-huh. uh, on the tree crew, cleaning parks, doing that, and then I, I taught English in Belgium and Argentina. Oh, really? That was kind of my year off, and then I went to uh, uh, law school, UCLA, mm-hmm. uh, finished there. Went back, uh, worked on my own for a little bit as a lawyer, trying to kind of figure out what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Realized I wanted to do criminal law, so I, s- I started applying all over the state for either DA or public defender jobs. And uh, uh, Merced, DA's office, was the first place to get uh, contact me and get back really? to me. So, and you've was, been
0: here ever since?
1: Ever since. That was 2007, so it came oh, out. Oh,
0: really? Yeah. That long? Yeah, and I mean, then so you were, you were you DA for basically most of that time before you became mayor?
1: Yeah, I'm. I still am. Oh, oh, so, really? You can yeah. do both. Oh, yeah. You have to because. Uh, oh, really? So, well, the mayor and the city council is it's as is, is probably in probably close to ninety percent of the cities in California is more of a volunteer position where oh. we get a monthly stipend. We get five, I get five hundred dollars a month.
0: Oh, for for mayor for mayor. And really, it's more. It's more just a stipend. It's like i uh, I'm a substitute teacher, but they always like try to get me to you know do some sports and like be the coach of sports. But it's just kind of the same thing. It's a stipend. <laughs> yep. Dang, so you do it for the love of the job. In reality, huh? No, we all do. So yeah, we get. We, actually, it was just a recent
1: change. So we get five hundred, and then the uh, other council members get four hundred. It uh, used to be. God, when I started, it was twenty dollars a month to be on the city council.
0: Really? Yeah. And then, so what were you? Bef- what were you on the city council? Just a city council person? Yeah,
1: yeah. So we have a mayor um, who's elected at large throughout the whole city, mm-hmm.
0: and then six districts now. Uh huh. Um, so there's uh, representatives city- from each one. Correct. Oh, that's cool. So seven total. Okay, gotcha. I know uh, Sarah Boyle. That's like the only one that that I know. And then uh, my cousin is Jesse Espinoza, mm-hmm. and he's. Uh, School board. School board, yes, exactly, exactly. I'm glad. I've already interviewed him and asked him all these questions, <laughs> and then somebody was like, what does he do? And I was like, listen to my podcast. You can definitely find out.
1: But that's, uh, yeah, a long way answering your question, but uh, took a job here at the DA's office in June of 2007. Mm-hmm. And been here ever since
0: that's cool and then like what I mean I've been living I've been born and raised in Merced and that's kind of what led me to start this podcast is that you know I feel like a lot of times people had in the past at least had been talked down about the Central Valley and then just the city they're from and then recently I just like you know I've always loved Merced and I love the development downtown and everything that the UC has brought and then everything else. And so I just kind of wanted to, you know, highlight the talented people that live within our community. And because it didn't seem like anybody was doing that anywhere in the Central Valley. And so that's really why I started this podcast. And then, you know, I just started like reaching out to people. And then I started getting people that like, you know, that, that I thought like were like out of my range and stuff like that. And then, you know, somehow uh, we path crossed, and I, we actually passed cross. Uh, I, I was chuckling because it was career day. Uh, for the high school, and so you were there, but I think you were, were you talking about more about law, or re, what were you talking about? You yeah, know? that was just at the high school just recently. Yeah, maybe. yeah, just recently, in December, that's yeah, what I believe it was. A month or two ago? Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. I was there uh, for, 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 as representing the DA's
0: office. Oh, representing the DA's yeah. office, yeah, exactly, and then, yeah, cause kids were lined up to see you, and I was like, you know what, screw it, I'm going to take my shot now. I was like, it's career day <laughs> for me, too. But, uh, yeah, so I do that, and then, so you took all those different paths, and they kind of all led you to Merced, and then what transformation have you kind of seen since you've been in Merced? And being from someone from outside Merced, like what was your kind of view when you first got here?
1: Yeah, I mean the view when I first got here, well, it's different. I mean, I remember the first day I interviewed, um, it was May and it was already in the 90s, right? And so going mm-hmm. from, <laughs> from LA, it's like now that, now it's nothing. No, yeah, yeah, I now don't even that's flinch.
0: that's cool. That's yeah. a cool day <laughs> yeah, in the valley. <laughs> doing that.
1: I mean I I lived I lived in Davis for 4 years so I Yeah, you know, and I, Davis is, yeah. Yeah, get the valley weather. Yeah. Up there, it's a
0: little. The weather's a little better. Up it's there. a little cooler. I think yeah. you're just a, a hair higher or something. Like I feel like it, it'll get to hundreds, but it it doesn't get to like yeah the dry heat that it
1: feels like that we get. Yeah, it'd be 102 in Fresno, <laughs> 99 here, 97 in Davis. Yeah, yeah. So you get to, like the bottom end of the temperature. <laughs> so no, I knew it, but I just that was the thing. And at, at first, just kind of you know when when you're used to. Uh, the Bay Area, or LA. It's just how the first perception. Yeah, it's just how slow. Yeah, comparatively. Is, how comparatively everything. Now I don't see that now. I don't see that at all. Now. Yeah. Now I go back to the Bay or I go to LA and it's just it's too fast. Oh, it's overwhelming. <laughs> overwhelming. And Dude, there's too many people. Yeah, that's my so, too.
0: I was like, I always thought I wanted to live in a big city, and then sometimes like I'll go visit somewhere on like a busy day, and I'm like. Uh no like nope. yeah but then it then it make then I'll go there on a slow day and I'm like oh I could see living here I guess you know what I mean it just but sometimes tourist places get a little too overwhelming and so it was kind of you know slow when, or, or you thought it was super slow when you first got here and then you come to appreciate kind of and it, it's kind of grown too with it huh? yeah Mercedes not it's not a small town but yeah.
1: I mean there's, we have ninety according depending on the count either. Yeah, know, high eighties or Department of Finance. I think had us at ninety-one thousand. The census had us at eighty-six. Or is that the most
0: recent census yeah. too? Man, and see, I always felt like we would grow to like. I I, I thought would be like about a hundred thousand by now, just because of how many. Or I guess the UC is like not everybody's permanent. And so, how do, you, do do you have to live here for a certain time for the census? Do you know? No, it's just people at any given given,
1: given moment. Yeah, mm-hmm. but sometimes you know, yeah, if you got more of a you know, UC kind of population, then people might be counted. They might be counted. Um, you know, back in their home. Oh, at their hometown. Good,
0: or or both, huh? Yep, I'm just good. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> and then, so uh, as a DA, like, uh, what were your jobs and responsibilities? Like, what 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 did you do for the city, basically?
1: Yeah, DA's work for the county and yeah, our, for the our, county. Sorry. Yeah, our, our job, DA's job, is pretty narrow. It's to um, you know, it's a really it's a really important job, but it's to uh, um to prosecute cases. So uh, investigations are done by the uh, various police agencies in the county. The cases come to us. Uh, And our job is to evaluate those cases. We roughly get about 10,000 cases a year in the DA's office. -hmm. Okay, gotcha. And then to decide whether or not to file charges, and then if so, which charges to file. And then if we file charges, to handle the case in court.
0: And so do you kind of—are you like kind of the—so you you, you decide all of that, and then you kind of give it to the prosecutors? Or is that kind of how it works It varies.
1: Yeah, it varies depending on your assignment. We have 20—now 27 lawyers in our Mm -hmm. office. So everybody's got a different assignment. Everybody's got a different role. Um, And then— it's going to vary depending on each one. Some of the, the assignments are what's called vertical, which means mm-hmm. you get the case at the beginning, you review it, and then you handle it all the way through trial. Oh,
0: okay. Oh, so you're like even
1: – yeah. So and we so got a lot of jobs that are Our misdemeanor attorneys are like that, our domestic violence, mm-hmm. our child sex, uh, mm-hmm. all like that, gangs. Mm-hmm.
0: And then are you still – you're still in the courtroom and you get cases too or no?
1: A little bit. I mean I'm right now I'm one of the supervisors. We have mm-hmm. three chief deputies. So I'm one of the – we, okay. we have the elected and there's three chief deputies – And then we have uh, then the deputy.
0: okay, got everybody else. So it's a lot.
1: It's a lot of admin. It's a lot more office stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, Still some court work. Yeah. Um, I just finished a jury trial in November Mm -hmm. um, and I still have a handful of cases. But the courtroom, the
0: court works the that's the best. I mean, that's being in in the courtroom. Oh, yeah. That's why is it, I was gonna say. I, I feel like if you're if you are a lawyer, you gotta you know kind of like that. You know what I mean? That's the that's what you went to school for. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's the, yeah, that's, that's what you passed the bar for. Yep. <laughs> that's why. I mean, that's why you're a lawyer. and That's why you do this
1: work because uh-huh. either if you're gonna do it on the defense side or the DA side is. You know, because you
0: want to get in there in court. You
1: yeah. Grew up watching shows on TV. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. And so is that what kind of led you to to kind of want to be, like, was it always, did you always want to be a lawyer growing up or did it kind of happen after the, on that year break?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Not, not at all. I didn't want to be a lawyer at all. <laughs> it never actually wanted to, I, I'd, well, I, well, like most kids, I, I wanted to probably be a professional athlete first. And you find out of course. that doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. um, but no, I just, I, I. Going through school, it seemed to me, after college, kind of, that's when I sort of, during that year off, that's kind of when I decided to go to law school. It's, I mean, part of it's, you know, when you come out with a history degree from college and you know, what are you going to do? Dude, dude, I,
0: I, I majored or I was majored in history for a little while and it was, uh, I took like, you know, the, all the classes at the JC and then I transferred to Stanislaus and I got like my first real dose of what history was. And I was like, oh, I don't like history that much. <laughs> I didn't realize it was like pretty much essays, you know, yeah. like it, it's basically English class, but just all about history. Yeah. Like I did, I didn't realize that. And so then I, so now my, my major ended up being educational studies, but now I'm like a full-time like photographer and videographer. Oh, so, true. you know, it just, Whoever the life yeah. leads you you know and That's then true. what kind of strayed you into into law you know i undergrad i, I loved i loved history I, I thought it was so much fun studying it
1: and uh and then came out but you come out and the degree what are you going to do with it right <laughs> so it, be a teacher be a professor yep, not a lot so of, of different things uh the law seemed like the right mix to me mm-hmm. of something that was both you know intellectual and and something where you had to you know use books and read and use reading and writing, and then also something that was kind of down in the dirt of this world too mm-hmm. so I didn't want to do something that was like a professor job where it's very kind of ivory tower yeah stereotypical, yeah, stuff, I gotcha
0: I want to do something where you're actually you're dealing with this world, yeah, yeah, the current practical. stuff, yeah, and I think law is a good mixture of that because you still have the almost the history of of just the whole. A courtroom, you know yeah. what I mean? And just how long that's been in effect with the Supreme Court and everything else. So you're dealing with history but you are getting the best of both worlds in that scenario. Yeah. I and, like that too because
1: it is, as a, and you get that as a lawyer because you, it, it's, everything's extremely rational about the law, right? And it's mm-hmm. just, it's and you, it just, it it forces you to think and I think in a lot of good ways and mm-hmm. lawyers for the most part you're forced to see both sides of an issue. Yeah, You're forced to, you know oftentimes take positions that you know, might not reflect what you necessarily...
0: Yeah, believe. I was going to say, and that's why I feel like I can never, uh, you know, be a lawyer, because uh, my buddy was a prosecutor one time, and I was just, like, thinking, like, you know, like, I don't know, I feel like, like, sometimes it's just like, you have to put your own personal views and everything behind, and then you're dealing with the facts of the case sure. and whatever, if you're defending or if you're yeah. prosecuting. It's a little
1: different. It's, it's nice being a DA, mm-hmm. a, a DA especially, and then a government lawyer, I think, to a lesser extent, because... Your job's to represent the people, and your job's essentially to do what's right. Yeah, so that allows you to kind of the freedom to follow your convictions, which other lawyers might not have, where they Mm -hmm. represent
0: a client. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, because you are just representing the what is it? What do you say? Representing the.
1: I mean, technically, we represent well, the, the or the the state, the state or county yeah. or yeah. wherever you're at. <laughs> we stand. We we represent the people. As you say you represent the people of the state of California. Gotcha.
0: And then what a, means... what attributes do you think uh, from being a DA, like either like made you want to run for mayor or have helped you out while you've been mayor? Yeah, um,
1: I, I think it's always been. <clears throat> excuse me. You're good. Um, you know, politics has always been something I'm inter- I've been interested in, in terms of you know the issues in terms of you got to love the issues. you got to love the process of going through and, you know, formulating policy, and you got to like people, and I, I, I like all that. So it's always been mm-hmm. something that's really appealed to me a lot. You know, I was the guy in college who I'd subscribe to multiple newspapers, and <laughs> me and my buddies would sit there. Sometimes on Friday nights, like a bunch of dorks, sit there and talk about,
0: you know. The, the issues right now yeah. and the things that can be done and stuff. Yep. That's cool. Couldn't get, I mean, no girls would want to come hang out with us. There. <laughs> so that was, I mean, I'm, I
1: you know, it was always that way. I like that a lot. Um, but then in terms of preparation, uh, I think being a DA is wonderful preparation because it teaches you, I, uh, just in the way it, it refines your thinking and it hones your thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, again, and your job is just to, to do the right thing. So it teaches you to, to kind of put that at the center, which is important too, uh, for being, uh, you know, being an elected official too, Mm -hmm. you know, and you represent other people and you represent their interests. Mm -hmm. Um, it, you're up in court, you know, you have to perform under pressure. You have people constantly trying to, uh, you know, defense attorney who is their job is to try to, you know, make life difficult for you and (laughs) scrutinize everything you do. So just in in so many ways, it's, it's the perfect preparation for it. I think Mm -hmm. how you think in terms of, you know, doing the right thing. And also in terms of, uh, the skills of of public speaking, the skills of, you know, trying to remain cool
0: under pressure. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And then so with being mayor, uh, what what are your responsibilities for the city? Like, what are you in charge of or help do?
1: Yeah, the mayor, um, the city of Merced, like, I believe 90 or so percent of the cities in California has what's called a council manager form of government. Mm-hmm. So the power is actually in the city council. It's not in any individual one city council member or the mayor. So there's six council members, there's the mayor, and all of us um, are essentially powerless on our own. Mm-hmm. So we have no individual authority uh, and we are uh, we act as a body. So we go to council meetings, uh, we have to act through council meetings at agendize council meetings. Um, or on agendized items at council meetings and mm-hmm. we vote. And once the majority of it, what, it's the will of the body and it's the majority of the council that, that kind of governs. So, Oh, okay. So it's really, there's no, people think, oh, you're the mayor, you can, you do this, you do that. <laughs> and people, so people ask me to do these things all the time. And I go, I, I, if you <laughs> ask me to do any of that, excuse me, I'm, I'm violating the city charter.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So. And so you work oh, as a body. And so correct. those six, uh, or you said there's six, right? Six uh, plus me. Six city council persons, and they all represent different districts, Correct. right? And then you are just kind of like that, basically, the tiebreaker. I mean, in the sense of the the voting and stuff like that. Yeah, we have. Like, you're the the, the or the public speaker, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, we have seven of us. Um, the mayor chairs the meetings. Okay. So that's the, kind of the unique—the the mayor has unique ability, one, in terms of the mayor uh, chairs the meetings. So the mayor calls the meetings to order, facilitates the discussion— Everybody has one vote, mm-hmm. so I have one vote just as everybody else. Mm-hmm. So at the end, we're all equal in terms of votes. Uh, but the mayor's job is to facilitate the meetings and chair the meetings. Uh, the mayor is the ceremonial head of the city for, for ceremonial purposes. Mm-hmm. If there's an event, if there's this or that, then yeah, exactly. It's the mayor's job to represent the city. at
0: Yeah, exactly. You know, you're just rep- you're b- representing the city as the mayor. Correct. And so you're the s- basically city council person that is the you know head person or not head but uh, representative. Correct. Right. In
1: 90% of the cities in California, the mayor is essentially just a glorified city council member, really. Yeah. And Merced is the same. Yeah, mm-hmm. And you have some cities uh, where the mayor the it rotates amongst members of the council. Oh, so really? this year, you're the mayor. This year, you're the mayor.
0: And just as long as you're a city council person, you're in it. And then being a city council person, uh, is it kind of the same thing like mayor? It's more of like a volunteer position? Yeah, it's the same. It's mostly
1: volunteer. We get a small monthly stipend. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, for the most part, it's it's a, a volunteer
0: position. Wow! Yeah, that, I I never knew that. Honestly, I thought I thought that was just like you know you become mayor it's your full time job like because governor it's full time job when you become governor right? Yeah. That's You've probably got you got a few mayors in the state. There's only actually what people characteristic. bigger think counties kind of kinda? is that like what about like Sacramento?
1: Sacramento has I believe a what's called a weak mayor. Mm-hmm. There's only about six. What well, you think of as a mayor? Right, as a mayor is um you know Rudy Giuliani yeah. or, or Willie <laughs> Brown or something yeah. like that. Who's, uh? there's only about, I think, six of them in the whole state.
0: Oh, who, really? Who
1: have that authority where they're the, they're like the governor. They're yeah. the executive head of the. I'm.
0: What What is it, like L.A., San Francisco, Sacramento?
1: LA Sacramento, oh, L.A., Sacramento, no, Sacramento's got, I think. You said it's a weak mayor? Or what it's what's it's called, there's a strong mayor. <laughs> so a strong mayor is yes. San Francisco, L.A., I believe San Diego. Oh, that makes sense. Fresno.
0: Really? Well, Fresno's big. Don't
1: get me wrong. Um, and then I think there are two more cities that have them, uh-huh. I believe. Um, and then a weak mayor. Weak mayor, San Jose. Okay. Uh, Sacramento. And some other ones. So that's uh, – the mayor doesn't have the kind of day-to-day executive
0: authority running the city. Mm-hmm. Like the strong mayors have? Correct. But so. then they have a little more – But but it's – more of a position, like it's a real job. Yeah,
1: it's a real job. Gotcha. So they're getting paid. They're there. They have mm-hmm. an office. We, our city council members don't even have offices. Wow. So we don't even have offices at city hall. I have a, in the mayor, I have a ceremonial office. I don't think You're, I've. <laughs> really? One time I went in there during the pandemic, and, <laughs> and they had they had set p-
0: people up in there to spread people out. Didn't even tell me. So. <laughs> You're like what? I'm like, they're in my office. <laughs> like, but uh, but do you do your work there and stuff, or just kind of all over? You do it in your other office, huh? Yeah, I'll do my work. Uh, I have you know, most of it's done at home. Uh, yeah, or
1: uh, out. I have a. Uh, my, my, I mean, I joke. The mayor's office is uh, a bag that I have in my car. <laughs> yeah. I swear to God, that's what it is. So I got a bag in my car which has my city iPad, um, all the papers I need, uh, and everything I need, and I carry that around. So You need something about
0: mayor. Let me, let me bring my my bag. Maybe we'll, that's, we'll call it briefcase. That's Your mayor
1: briefcase, mean.
0: huh? It's
1: official City Merced. It's a City Merced, like, tote bag that you'd use oh, to get groceries yeah. from. Get groceries, get
0: groceries from and stuff like that. That's what it is. <laughs> that's the If it gets though. too big, you get got to get a Costco one. You know? <laughs> there we go. Yeah, that's funny. And then, uh, so I was reading, uh, so the way you ran was a little different than other people, right? So kind of explain, like, how you ran. It was with no paid campaign staff is that what it was? Yeah, we didn't have any paid ca- at the end of the day I a couple of people I gave
1: we I I, I gave money to for helping out, mm-hmm. you know, especially for professional services. But yeah, there's no campaign manager, there's no real professional staff, but when people did kind of professional services for us mm-hmm. in terms of graphic design, other things like that, then um, we paid them for that obviously. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no real no manager, no paid campaign staff, it was real volunteer driven. I think most campaigns or a lot of campaigns around here are. I know a mm-hmm. couple people run for council; they'll have a, a paid consultant who will kind of run things. Um, you know, I had a fortune to have a lot of really good people helping me, mm-hmm. and uh, we just had a really great group of volunteers.
0: And, and did you, how did you contact those people? Did you reach out to the community, or? Yeah,
1: part of it was just folks I've known. Uh, you know, friends of mine who who would help out. Um, every it seems like every time we did something, we had a little bit of a different group. Um, A lot of people in the community who I knew would come rally around. I think a lot of people um, and a lot of kind of the more politically savvy people in town who, you know, who kind of gravitated towards us. And then um, just a lot of folks who you wouldn't believe who um, they see a campaign and they want to be involved in it. So I had a lot of people who who now I'm, you know, work closely with, great friends with who I didn't even know before the campaign. Really? That's cool. That was fun. Who really kind of just gravitated towards us. Mm And then it was really a, a... the, the, our campaign was, it was, I mean, it was, it was, you know, and, and COVID was such a unique time, too. It was, in so many ways, kind of an organic, sort of evolving
0: yeah. well, group I, over time. And that's what a lot of people work, uh, with, like, COVID and stuff like that, like, it's very tragic, and the things that have happened. But it also, for the first time in a long time, I felt like the whole city like came together. It felt not—I mean, it just felt like an, it felt like the, everyone was coming together. Like you know, that was like when the BLM and a lot of other issues were going on. But it just felt like the city came together. And so it was probably—I mean, like you're saying—like during that time, it was a a little different. It was a transition period of not only like the president, but of the city and everything else. So just to see, you know, people come together and good coming from it is like a really good thing to see.
1: Yeah, it was cool. It was fun. And we, uh, um, you know, early on, and we had people kind of who just, that they wanted to be involved in campaigns, and they came, and they really, everything just worked. We had a mm-hmm. great crew. And, uh, uh, you know, one guy told me early on, he goes, look, you
0: just got to love up on the community. That's the key. That's got to be the centerpiece. Dude, that is. I, I really think that is. Because uh, more than anything, I think what everybody wants to see is just, like, that we do have a community in Merced and in the whole Central Valley in general. But I think that's just key. And I think that... Maybe it wasn't. Maybe it has happened in the past, but now with like the, I mean, just those whole social medias and everything else, it kind of has to have a new age to it. And so, like, that's why, like, I, I wanted to reach out to you and get you on the podcast is that like you're the, you're really active. Basically, I see you doing stuff all the time. And so, what has kind of caused you to like be so like like I've seen you cleaning up the parks a lot. So, like, what kind of drove you to like want to do that?
1: Yeah, I think uh, two things. One it started during the campaign where. um you know, the campaign pretty early on shifted to its focus to being, you know, let's just let's do community service. Let's do good work. And then let's use that kind of as the basis for, um, you know, for marketing our, our campaign. Um, and we did it and we just we had a lot of success with it. Uh, in our, we threw a big cleanup. We started with, you know, with food giveaways, with uh, some other events. Uh, we threw a big old community barbecue where I think we fed probably 1,500 people during the wow, campaign. Wow, Really? Where, we,
0: where was that out of? Or where? 26th, at,
1: we have parking lot at twenty sixth and M, right across from Applegate Park.
0: Oh, okay, right there.
1: So that was a friend of mine owns that lot, and we uh, he let us use it. And so we put put some signs up, turned it into a campaign event. And we said, "Hey, blast it all over social media." Said, "Come by, get your free food. We're cooking." That's so cool.
0: You have a, one of those big barbecues there.
1: We had four of them, I think. Yeah,
0: exactly. I was going to say, if you're feeding fifteen hundred people.
1: <laughs> uh, it was cool. People <laughs> drove through, and they were lined up, and. That's so they'd cool. Come through, we give them food, and we give them a campaign flyer. And,
0: and that was fall twenty twenty kind of
1: October, I think. Yeah. No, it was August. That started that was August. And That's... then we and then during the campaign, this is how a lot of it started too. We uh you know, during COVID and then a lot of other things going on and um the city was just getting it was getting dirty. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of trash and it really started to come to an issue become more and more of an issue. And um so we decided to do a cleanup day. And we planned this thing, and people came out from everywhere. Um, a lot of it was during COVID, and there wasn't that much going on. But mm-hmm. we had a huge crowd. We got—I kind of forget the exact number, but we probably got 10-plus tons of trash up just in our first—
0: Really? And then where was that first spot or area that you guys— cause obviously you Oh, Loftboro Because obviously you have some type of a—we uh, got this area, kind of moved to yep. uh, whatever other areas. So that was Loftboro area? That's restarted. So it started in October of
1: 2020 in Loftboro. Huge success with that. And then at that point, we just – I think the light clicked for us, and we just saw the potential in organizing these big volunteer cleanup days. And the big thing is just there's so much great in this city, especially in particular the creeks, the parks, a lot of mm-hmm. things that we just need to take it back. Yeah, I and completely agree. Number one is the, the biggest complaint about the creek is it's, you know, it's dirty. And mm-hmm. people, I hear person after person after person after person say, when I was a kid, I would get on one end. One summer, I'd go get on
0: one end, get on a raft with a bunch of buddies, float to Low the down. Other. Yeah, exactly. Cause they do, That's what a lot of people do in Snelling. They do like that same thing. But yeah, that would be cool to bring that back. And I've, just yeah, because it's like you don't even. Like, every now and then you'll see someone like canoeing in there. But like it's like yeah, like like what you're saying. You just have to kind of get it to like you're saying, restore it, get it to what it was, and so people can kind of enjoy it for what it's always meant been meant for. Because yeah. it runs right through the middle of the city. Like it's the
1: coolest thing. Yeah, yeah, it is really cool. It's the coolest thing in this town. Yeah, that's
0: my favorite spot because I'm a photographer. So in the fall time, like. Yeah. Bear Creek is amazing, yeah. but yeah, that would be a great summer activity and other things like that.
1: And it's using kind of new energy and and new and you know as, as Merced grows and changes and as kind of new Merced builds up, mm-hmm. using that to revitalize and bring back old Merced.
0: Yeah, and that that's, that's awesome. It. That's awesome because I I think that Merced is like really rich in history. And do you know any like like or when Merced was established or anything?
1: 1872. Sorry. And then uh, <laughs> I'm 18- glad you know that.
0: <laughs> well, we, actually it's the 150th anniversary. Of oh, anniversary.
1: really? Yeah. Really? And then and incorporated the city was founded, the incorporated city in 1889. Okay. So we're coming up on the 150th
0: year of the founding of Merced. That's awesome. That's real cool. Yeah, cuz uh the w- way that uh, my family ended up here or at least for my uh my dad's side is that uh like his family was always born and raised in Colorado mm-hmm. and then my uh, my nana and papa ended up uh, graduating from college, and they just started to take a road trip. And they just took teaching position. They just took interviews for teaching positions from Colorado all the way up through California. Hmm. And they got uh up to a little bit past Sacramento. And then my my grandma or my nana was like, uh, you know, I like that Merced town. Let's go. Let we should go there. And so they ended up like. You know, starting they were teachers at like Merced High for like and for coach and coaches and everything else, and like they just became like a, a big part of the community. And it wasn't until like I mean, I always heard that story growing up, but it wasn't until like I kind of started this podcast that I realized like how special that is to me and the fact that like because they, I think they got here, I'm, I'm I don't know the year, but let's say let's say 1940s, 50s, something like something around there. But uh, that's that's really cool because because I think Merced is so rich in history and the. People don't go to the, uh, the courthouse museum still open. Right. Yeah. 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 People don't go there enough because anytime I go there, I'm always like amazed by the stuff I find out there and the things that I read there. And just the fact that it's an old school room, like literally is an old school room. You know what I mean? It's just like cool, yeah. cool things.
1: No, it's a fun place. and It's, it's you know, it, yeah, it's rich in history and we got we're rich in a lot of in terms of the creek in terms of. You know, our downtown could be spectacular. Oh yeah, All dude! It, it,
0: if it keeps growing like the way it is, it's going to be amazing. And then, I mean, you see, obviously, you know, but there's like four or five, you know, or more than that, probably. But new stuff opening downtown sure. with the wine bars and yeah. everything. LCAP has brought in every and Mainzer and whatever else. You know what I mean? Yeah. Everything downtown, and then so. With the cleanup of the city, obviously, like, uh, Merced has had, like, the homeless situation for a long time. And so, like, what uh, things have you done or situations ha- is there for, like, any re- rehabilitation or counseling for the homeless?
1: Yeah, there's a lot. We actually just cooked dinner uh, last week at the—or last week, uh, Monday, at both the uh, D Street shelter, which has been in place for a long time, uh, and then the new county navigation center on B Street, which is a new facility that uh-huh. opened uh, earlier this year. So, um, with with homeless, it's, how much time do we got here? We got. Oh, we got to do go right.
0: on. Let's, go. let's dive into it.
1: So, you got a lot of different areas, right? You have um, encampment management. Mm-hmm. You know, how are you going to handle the encampments on the street? How are you going to manage your public spaces? Mm-hmm. You have your shelter housing. Um, you need good shelter housing. That's temporary transitional housing with supportive services. That's kind of the big key behind the Navigation Center and the D Street Shelter, both, um, is their shelters. People stay there. They're more dorm style. Mm-hmm. It's called a congregate mm-hmm. shelter. Um, there's also uh, distributive housing, which a lot of other nonprofits run as well, which are smaller, sort of temporary. Kind of
0: like halfway houses. Yeah. You're right. Like those different ones.
1: Yeah. So you'll have a house. There'll be, you know, six people, yeah, three bedrooms, yeah. two to a mm-hmm. room, something like that. Um, you have that as well. That's your temporary housing. You have all your service providers. So you have, you know, home, it's obviously homeless is a very, managing people is difficult, right? You have, um, you know, all your outreach workers, you have police when it comes to your mental health workers, mm-hmm. you have case management workers, people to you know, connect people if they have any income, those sorts. So a lot of stuff going on. And then permanent placements as well.
0: And that's after the next stage of them, basically. Yeah. There's like the three different stages, kind Correct. of?
1: Correct. Yeah. So you have people on the street, people in temporary housing, and people and then finally permanent mm-hmm. placements. So um, a lot of action on all all the different fronts. Um, our city council back in April came up with sort of a, what I think is a pretty smart public space management plan. Mm -hmm. Nothing's perfect. Obviously it's a really difficult challenge, but, um, you know, our idea is to prioritize enforcements, uh, prioritize enforcement in areas such as, such as the creeks and parks, such as downtown, Mm -hmm. uh, areas that have high impacts to residents, businesses, essentially Mm -hmm. the places where, you know, if if there's people are camping, there's homeless activity and it's just, it's it creates a huge detrimental impact on the on the mm-hmm. public people don't want to it ruins places for you yeah to park and, i mean
0: and think about the creek like i i remember like yeah like in the height of the, the pandemic the creek was like i mean it was almost overrun you know yeah. what i mean with like a whole bunch of different homeless people and during that time it was like i think everyone was just like thankful for them themselves or you know what i mean to be okay yeah so but uh yeah so go on sorry no that's part of it too
1: um so it's just how do we manage the public spaces because um, prioritizing enforcement in areas that have a high community impact and then in, in areas where you know, we can tolerate it, um, then there's – we turn to more of a service-oriented mm-hmm. focus. And that comes in with um, – you know, there's a nonprofit that provides showers. Trash is huge. Yeah. So trash service. Now we have an agreement with Caltrans. It's called a Delegated Maintenance Agreement. We negotiated this year where on Caltrans properties, such as – right now the number one encampment in town is at 13th and G – there, okay. Yeah. About 45 people or so living there in tents. Um, that kind of happened organically during the pandemic because mm-hmm. Caltrans wasn't moving people off their property, so people gravitated towards there. So been a lot of talk about you know doing a sanctioned encampment, doing an area where you know we tell people to go and camp. To me, that was really, and I think the council went this way too. It's really problematic in a lot of ways because yeah. you're forcing people to go to a certain area. And you're kind of fighting with them to get them to go there. And once you sanction an encampment, create an encampment, you own it. There's liability issues. You mm-hmm. gotta, it's expensive.
0: You've expensive. to
1: manage it. So our idea was kind of, in a lot of ways, sort of a reverse sanctioned encampment where uh, people kind of naturally gravitated towards an area. We're not going to – if they want to go there, all right, they're there. But then we're going to start managing
0: it. And then start kind of dealing with people and then getting them to the different places Correct. and then the permanent housing and then everything else. Yep.
1: That's so, cool. so then we got our shelters. We have uh, the B Street Navigation Center, which mm-hmm. has 66 beds during COVID. We cooked there Monday. They had 57 people in it. Um, and then the D Street Navigation Center, which is – or the, the D Street Shelter, too, which is also a navigation center in a sense because it's connected to services. Um, and they have uh, a capacity for up to 60 total. Okay. But COVID shrinks all that, too. Yeah. That's the problem about COVID. It, you have to decompress the
0: – The number, yeah. Um,
1: yep. um, and then – for a long time, uh, in terms of permanent placements, you have either you know affordable housing projects, which are incredibly expensive to build, you know three hundred fifty thousand, four hundred thousand per door, um, and then you have subsidies uh, in terms of you know like Section Eight rental vouchers. Those yeah, vouchers, I was going to
0: ask that. Yeah, if that was the same thing.
1: Yep, and then you have, but you have landlords. It's challenging, right? Because the rental market's so tight right now. There aren't there's mm-hmm. plenty of people wanting to rent, and um, a lot of landlords are reluctant for. Very justifiable reasons to to rent to homeless. section eight or something like that. Yeah, not necessarily the section eight, but to homeless people because you know there's yeah. health issues. There's there's and oftentimes people and it, destroy property.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: So our thing now is we need and we're, we've got already got probably close to 200 units of this mm-hmm. just this year dedicated is kind of dedicated obligated homeless housing that you can build for less at, at least at the city level for less than fifty thousand a door and that's when you start making an impact yeah dedicated spots obligated landlords connected to services permanent spots Mm -hmm. and the price is right so Mm -hmm. that's what we're doing and i think um you know we've already got a couple of projects in the pipeline it's just going to take another year or so for them to be built and hopefully we can start really seeing progress at that point
0: no that's real cool that's cool and then uh so we talked about the cleanup in the parks, and if people do want to get involved with that, uh, how, how do they go about getting involved with the cleanups? Yeah, we're
1: the second Saturday of every even month are our big ones. Uh-huh. So we have it all kind of programmed out. Um, uh, they can always uh, message me, email me, uh, find me on either Facebook or, or Instagram. Mm-hmm. Much more active on Facebook than Instagram, but I can, I'll can respond to both. Um, or call me, too, as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, 628-0101 is my, is my number.
0: Look at that, you guys! Mayor just giving out his number. So far, uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. So
1: uh, <laughs> feel yeah, reach out uh, or show up. We go. Uh, we try to spread it around the city, find the hot spots. So we do McNamara Park mm-hmm. in February. So February 12th is McNamara Park. Uh, April 9th is uh, Joe Herb Park, mm-hmm. and then in June we're going to do Rahiley Park.
0: Oh, okay. Just hitting up each each different one. And yep. that, that those all pretty much have creeks. The creek, or yeah. most of them, two of them, right.
1: Yeah, we're going to have McNamara, No Creeks.
0: But Raheely
1: uh, and... Uh, Raheely's very creek focused. Yeah. And then we do Bear Creek in August. We'll get in the kayaks oh, and go. Yeah, I was
0: going to say, I've, you, I've seen you out on the kayak right yeah. before. And I mean, I mean, honestly, that that just seems fun. It's great fun. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly. You do, one, it's fun, and two, you're doing something good for the community, so why not? <laughs> we love it. I, I mean, I love the work. And it's just doing
1: kind of fun, difficult things with people you like is is the best, and so we do these projects. and We got a couple of guys who are veterans, too. So they kind of bring their, you know, jokingly bring their military jargon. Yeah, and, yeah. You almost and, need those people
0: sometimes yeah. to get some stuff done. So it's fun. I mean
1: we, we plan it logistically. And it's just it's fun mm-hmm. you know, how to get how to get this. And that's out. the
0: thing. You want to be like, hey, this is a, an event for the community to come together to do something good, but also to have fun with your community, to feel good about what you're doing and the community that you've decided to live in and be a part of. Yep. No, that's awesome. And the same thing with the homeless situation. So is there anything that people can do if they want to help? Is there, is there anything that they could volunteer for or something like that?
1: Yeah, there's a lot. I think the biggest thing is um, right now uh, You know, both shelters need help. I really like the idea of working through the shelters because a lot of the service providers are there as well too. Mm-hmm. Um, just cooking dinner, there is a big thing. I think if we can make the shelters a better uh, you know, more attractive place with a lot of community support. There's a lot already. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of that's kind of died back, especially at D Street uh, during COVID because they used to have a lot of people who'd come and, you know, you you cook, you volunteer, you talk to everybody. Mm-hmm. So we go there. We've done it now a handful of times, and we'll go cook, serve, and then just talk to everybody. And you doing that, and especially if you provide a, some pretty good food, uh-huh. um, just makes the shelters a much better place to be. So yeah. people are going to want to get off the street. They're going to want to be there. And then you start kind of, you know, you Working talk. Working from there. That's cool. That's real cool. That's a good thing. Um, I think it's hard to help people on the street because you don't want to, you want to help people, but at the same time, you don't want to incentivize bad behavior. And I think a lot of times, you know, by helping people on the street, I used to be the guy who'd always give money to homeless people mm-hmm. try to help them out. But more and more, I kind of feel that, you know, if you do that on the street, you're in a lot of ways enabling yeah, the them
0: to stay there basically.
1: Yep. Nibbling bad behavior, and there's a mm-hmm. lot of support. I mean, the shelters are great, and there's beds there. Um, and then, well, I think a big thing too is you need. Um, there's something called Casa, which is for foster children. Mm-hmm. So it's like volunteers supporting uh, foster youth. Um, something a great idea was to kind of have something like that for homeless, where mm-hmm. a lot of the churches do wonderful work. A lot of organizations. Yeah. but just doing that where. Um, Community members can get involved and in kind of sponsoring somebody, working with somebody. You yeah,
0: know, that'd be doing cool. The outreach work. Yeah, that would be cool because I mean, you kind of see like you know, growing up, you always see on TV like you know, sponsor somebody in Africa for twenty five cents a day or something like that. But 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 how good would it be and how more meaningful to impact your community if we had some type of organization or something yeah. like so you could like kind of be like see this person's progress or these. Yeah. People, you know what I mean? Yeah. That, that, that's, that's a great idea. I really like that. No, it's so, yeah, it was a good idea that, that, that a friend of mine was
1: talking a lot about. And I think, but just, and it, the broader issue of just activating people, right? People want to help, people want to contribute. And it's just, it's activating community resources, activating or mobilizing volunteers and just bringing the community into, you know, to help the community and make it better. And it's just, if we can mobilize just a fraction of the 90,000 people in the city, just think it's crazy yeah. what we can
0: do crazy no i i completely agree i completely agree and then uh this is a question that i kind of thought of that it's a little more different We're switching switching topics here you know a little less serious but like so you've been worked in the city government for quite a while now so how close is it to parks and recreation <laughs> you know i've honestly I've, I've only seen bits and pieces yeah. the show, <laughs> and it's uh
1: it's i i could i wish i could tell because i always hear i always hear people talking about you know, that show and comparing it. to Yeah. Yeah. So, I, so just, I
0: was, I was curious. <laughs> I wish I, I, I need, it's actually on my list of shows. Oh man, you gotta start that. You gotta start that. You could, yeah, just skip season one. <laughs> I'm going to be real with you. Skip season one, just start season two right. and then go from there. Done. Yeah. I gotcha. But, uh, so I reached out to my Instagram followers and I was asked the people, you know, I was like, what questions do you have for the mayor? So I'm going to go through those and, you know, we can kind of stop, go through, them, um, talk about, both we can both answer them or whatever, but like, sure. so uh, first question up is uh, what are your favorite spots at Merced? Or you know, like if you're what, what are some some options you like? Yeah, I think
1: in terms of eating, kind of long term, I love uh, you know, Sam Cafe's on oh. okay, always mm-hmm. been a favorite of mine.
0: Saves Cafe is good, I love their time.
1: I love uh, Panaderia Guadalajara on 18th. Oh, okay, bakery, a little and mm-hmm. back. Um, I like Mix Bakery a lot, too. Yeah, mix is good. Uh La Casita, 14th and O. Where, I don't know. I, oldest where, taco shop in town.
0: Where where's it located again? 14th or?
1: and O. Sorry. What else, what else what else is that by? Just by the just north of the freeway. Oh, okay. So kind of, there's a, a kind of a row of of uh mostly auto repair stores. Mm-hmm. It's kind of an industrial area. And then right as you're coming under the freeway on O Street mm-hmm. to go, kind of the freeway that kind of divides north and south Merced. Mm-hmm. Um, it's right there just north of the freeway.
0: Oh, really? A well, little hidden gem there. We ge- Yeah. There we go. Been around
1: forever. Um, love those guys. Uh, those are kind of, you know, I think long-term, those are probably the, th- you know, yeah, the three, three places I like. Yeah, them. yeah. And then
0: everything downtown right now is, I, I mean, I love Manger's food. I love El Capitan's food. Yeah. Uh, and then I'm excited for all the. And pretty Good Burger's pretty I mean, it's good. Pretty good. You it's know good. what I mean? One of my questions, I'll just go jump to <laughs> it. It said, How much did he really like Pretty Good Burger? It was great. Yeah, yeah, I really did. Good. It was better than Pretty Good, it you guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I really liked it too. And it's funny because I brought my cousin, uh, my cousin from Portugal. I got married in uh, November. And my cousin from Portugal came down for the wedding. And I took him to Pretty Good Burger. And we went to uh, 510 five, first. And we had buffalo wings. And he was just like, like when we're eating them he's like oh oh what is that what is that i'm like what are you talking about and he was like my mouth it's 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 hot and i was like oh it's like buffalo sauce and like they're like i'm mean, doing buffalo sauce to me is not that hot and then we went to pretty good burger and they had spicy ketchup and like none of us realized it was spicy until he was like oh oh what is that what is that but yeah that was my first time trying it and it was really good i like that they're called smash burgers but yep. they're a little more flat so I, and I, dude I, I love burgers so h&w in and out, of course, obviously, but you know, everywhere, even five star. I like I like five star yeah, a lot good. too. A
1: couple of friends of mine, uh, some years back, uh, we did a uh, a burger city burger challenge. So we went to oh really? went probably twenty five different places. We would go to lunch over the course of oh yeah, the, the year every week. Yeah, we'd go uh, try a different burger, at a different place, and then we all kind of compared notes and ranked them. That's real cool. So that was the whole deal.
0: That's fun. That sounds fun. It was a good time. But
1: Everybody <laughs> agreed, and we all had different tastes. Yeah. That, uh the burger at O'Reilly's
0: oh really was the best I've never had uh I've never had O'Reilly's they have burgers. great food
1: they have wonderful food yeah
0: that's what that, that's honestly what I hear I hear I hear it's a completely different place you go like evening time yep. daytime. <laughs> evening and then after work <laughs> happy hour. yeah ex- happy hour exactly exactly my next question here is uh are we getting a Trader Joe's Whole Foods something like that
1: There's, Trader Joe's has been I mean I jokingly did a, uh, uh, a Facebook post a little while ago that said that getting a Trader Joe's is probably the third the number three political issue in say, <laughs> When are we getting a Trader Joe's? Right yeah, behind, you see the people want to know the question. <laughs> right behind housing and homelessness. <laughs> number three. When are we gonna get
0: a Trader, Trader, Trader Joe's?
1: <laughs> so it's um there's an R actually at the same time I I saw an article, the article was why your city doesn't have a Trader Joe's. <laughs> <laughs> so long story short, Trader Joe's like most businesses, is you know, they wanna when they choose to invest, they wanna be sure they're gonna make a profit. And mm-hmm. they so they look at all kinds of metrics. Trader Joe's uh, is, is they're picky, mm-hmm. and they um, you know they and they, and they like In-N-Out, like Chick Fil A, like mm-hmm. some other kind of places. They follow a very that's kinda, on this questionnaire yep. too, man. <laughs> so <laughs> Figured out. that's probably number six. right now. When are we going to get Chick Fil A? Chick-fil-A? <laughs> but those companies tend to follow kind of a more of a slower growth mm-hmm. pattern, so they don't want to cannibalize other existing yeah through. other places. Um,
0: like Taco Bell's, McDonald's, the yep. corp- corporate people. Fast I mean? growth. Yeah, exactly. Franchise it fast. Subway was, at one point, I felt like we had like seven subways, did. didn't we? Yeah. I think we had seven or nine. Yeah, no, yeah, I'm pretty sure. I remember at one point I counted them, like, and I was like, wait, why do we have, and I think it's gone down a little bit because yeah. they're, they're, but I believe it was, Subway's is one of the cheaper things you can open, like franchise out. It's like one of the cheapest. So that's why there's so many of them, yep. which makes sense. Yeah. But, uh Trader Joe's is what <laughs> We got to get to, from what i've said and there's been a lot of
1: people who've talked to them um you know who've written letters express interest you can go to their website and i think there's like a a little link on there where you can petition trader joe's and say come, we we want you we want you come yeah. here come here um, I think typically they don't look at cities that have less than 100,000 people. And mm, we're just right under the cusp pretty much. Under the cusp. That's the big thing too. When we hit 100,000 in terms of growth, yeah, you're going to start, that's going to open, put us on a lot more businesses' radar.
0: And I really thought with this most recent census that we were going to get there only because like when I think when I was growing up Merced was like 80,000 or something like that. And I thought like, okay, by the time I'm like 28 years old, like, I thought it we'd, we'd get, like, those uh, extra 15,000 or 20,000, you know what I mean? But, I mean, it, it's inevitable, with, especially with the UC, the growth of the city, how everything's been. But, uh... Yeah, last year, second grow, fastest growing city in the state last year. Oh, really? Yep. Wow. There. What was the, yeah, what was the first, I wonder?
1: It was, I think, Barstow. I Barstow. believe it was, was it Barstow it was one of the... It was a city with 32,000 people. Oh, okay. So we were the fastest
0: growing city so, by percent. Fastest growing bigger city. Over 33,000. Know, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So that, was, that makes sense, though, especially with all the development, everything that's been coming down. And then next question uh, What are your uh, top five favorite movies? God, all time. I'm a. I know. I'm going to date myself, but. <laughs> I think the two movies I can quote from are Caddyshack and Tombstone. Oh Caddyshack. <laughs> I love Caddyshack so much. I, I was I always played golf growing up, but yeah. I absolutely love Caddyshack. Tombstone, favorite. who's in Tombstone? Tombstone. Well,
1: Kurt Russell, Sam Elliott, okay. Val Kilmer um, you ever seen Tombstone?
0: I've never seen Tombstone. Oh, I'm going to be real with you. I've never even heard of Tombstone. <laughs> you ever seen <laughs> <laughs> no, no. How old are you, if you don't mind me asking. 41. 41? you got to uh, see Tombstone. Tombstone's a classic. No, I, I want to oh. watch it now. No, I'll for sure watch it. <laughs> Everybody. <laughs> those two mainly? Though, those are, your top those are probably my t- The two I can quote from the most I could probably see. I,
1: other ones I've seen,
0: I loved... I remember when it came out I love The Shawshank Redemption I thought Shawshank's was, great fantastic. Shawshank is great Lately much more into shows uh-huh. um, Which Well that's one of the questions So we'll just transition to that What shows do you like? I, the Wire is probably my favorite Oh <laughs> that seems like Right up your alley Love The Wire
1: Wire <laughs> <fantastic. laughs> um, Seen it multiple times uh, I love a, Friday Night Lights Oh Friday Night Lights Is a good one yeah. Love that show mm-hmm. um, What else did I watch a lot? Game of Thrones I never Game of Thrones is for me Like you know It's super violent tons of sex, kind of medieval (laughs) fantasy stuff. I don't like, typically I don't, I I don't like, that's not my style, Uh but I started watching that show and at first it's
0: it's so gory, so violent, but Uh it's so good. The cinematography on it, like the way the show's put together, it's kind of built for you, even if you don't like it, to, to, to really like get engulfed in it and yeah. watch it and the cool scenes and battles and it's almost like Lord of the Rings-esque so like I think like whether or not like I feel like at least for like the male audience you know guys are just kind of drawn to like like, yeah. you know the battles and everything yep. else no I agree and you like do you watch The Office at all or no? Yeah I, I like The Office a lot I never kind of sat
1: down and watched it all the way through Oh yeah it was one,
0: one of my favorites growing up I love The Office, Office is fantastic. Seinfeld Oh Seinfeld's great I yeah. still. Seinfeld, most nights I probably and the night with Seinfeld Reruns on TV. Well, and it's on Netflix now, so it's perfect. (laughs) When I campaigned,
1: that was... uh, Seinfeld Reruns were a big part of my life because, you know, I'd work... Get your routine, right? (laughs) My routine. And so, and after city council meetings, too, but but during... uh, I typically finish up between about 10 or 11, Mm -hmm. you know, doing all the work and doing campaign stuff, and then between about 10 and 11, I'd, you know, do, or maybe even more than that, um, you know, I'd do my social media and do things, and then Mm -hmm. by 11... It was Seinfeld time. Yeah.
0: Hour <laughs> of Seinfeld reruns. Yeah, that's a three episodes, you know what I mean, pretty much. And then by the third one, you're like, oh, okay, I'm pretty tired. Time yeah. to <laughs> hit the hay. <laughs> just kind of, I don't know. just, this, this so those are, those are probably my favorite shows. No, I like those. I like most of them, yeah. And then uh, what ideas uh, do you have for local artists, you know, whether that's like people who paint, and obviously we have all the boxes are painted and everything right now, paint uh, musically, like any ideas to showcase their talents? Yeah, it's been a big thing for us. You know, we kind of spearheaded
1: uh, the Utility Box Art Project. That was an idea that had kind of been kicking around mm-hmm. for a while. And then me and a couple other guys sat down and said, look, we got it. Let's just make something happen. And so um, we privately fundraised for it, mm-hmm. you know, got the money. And then, um, uh, you know, we've been hearing and hearing and seeing it, too, that we really actually have a very – Merced has a – and people in the in – the, you know, very quietly, um, Merced has a fantastic local artist community.
0: Oh, it does. Big time.
1: And so we wanted to showcase that and kind of get it going and just really start inspiring public art. Um, So that was our first move to do that, raise the money privately. We had a chicken dinner at the Elks Lodge. Oh, did the Elks. A bunch of other people kind of stepped up and donated. So that was number one. And then right now there's actually currently an open call for city arts projects. Oh, really? So anybody who thinks that they have an idea on city property to do an art project, so be it another utility box, be it um, like a wall, kind of, or a something. Wall, mm-hmm. uh, you know, one of like the I, I, the R Street Bridge, mm-hmm. you know, that little bridge, crying out to be painted and decorated. Yeah, uh, you know, any utility box, any wall, any you know, city, anything. Mm-hmm. Um, there's an open call for arts projects uh, closes at the end of the month. So, and that's either look, we have I've had a lot of people say, you know, I, I I'm I'm an artist and I want to donate my time and I want to do it. Great, come do it. Um, other people who, you know, maybe they can privately fundraise for a project and then do it and get paid that way. Or people who say, look, I'm an artist. I deserve to be paid for my time and I want to be compensated. Great. Mm-hmm. So uh, do, we'll do an open call. Everybody comes in. We'll consider all of them. You know, obviously it's the city. So, and, and obviously we're dealing with taxpayer money. So mm-hmm. there's there's steps and processes to follow. But, you know, if you can show that you got a pretty good idea... Um, and you can show obviously that you're talented enough because we don't want people like me going out there. That's the point, <laughs> yeah,
0: um, you want to show the city's the city's talent, yeah, just like this podcast, man, <laughs> <laughs> same
1: thing, but you want you want people who you know, you're not there to censor art or to say you can do this or you can't do that, but you know, but you want or to judge it, but you want mm-hmm. you know you want a certain standard and certain quality. you want artists doing art, you don't mm-hmm. want you know you don't want people who
0: have yeah, yeah, I understand what you're saying, yeah, yeah, yeah you want yeah, you want the the local artists who. Have the ambition to be like, listen, I see this on this street. I think I can do this you know, or Correct. something along those lines. So but that's
1: really cool. There's an open call. So as we, we'll see what we get. And then if we move into our budget, you know, we'll see how much money um, you mm-hmm. know, needs to. That's one thing. And there's another thing, too, is we applied. And I think we're pretty close to getting a grant uh, from Caltrans from the state mm-hmm. to do murals on our uh, highway underpasses. Oh, that'd be cool. So there's about six or seven of them.
0: Yeah, exactly. And that's a big canvas to paint. Big. You know what I mean? Yeah. A lot,
1: so that's cool. I think people are just stepping up, and yeah. right now the with the open call, just tell us what you want to do, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, if, and tell us what's it going to cost you, and mm-hmm. and we'll see what we can do.
0: Yeah, and then what about like uh, musicians and stuff? Any ideas there?
1: Yeah, obviously musically, and with the city, it's well. I mean, there's certainly things the city can do. We had, we had, in, in connection with UC Merced, we uh, had applied for and won uh, a concert series grant at mm-hmm. Applegate Park. Um, at the new, new newly remodeled uh moat uh, were that stage?
0: yeah right there
1: yeah it's just so in 2020 there was supposed to be a concert series there uh-huh um that got
0: oh but 2020 happened
1: 2020 happened so yeah
0: hey Uh, 2022 man let's go we got two years later well yeah because i I mean i have so many so through this podcast i've had so many like artists come on and like generally with my artists like uh they'll like uh perform a song like in this corner right here and they perform it and everything like that but i I just have so many people whether it's like you know guitar players rappers and anything like that and i just think that like a good way for a city to come together is by having shows you know what i mean because then you get to see the local talented artists, but you also can like, you know, support local talented artists. Cause I think a lot of times there's so many artists we have locally, but not an outlet that necessarily allows yeah. them to like kind of showcase it. Yeah, And so like, I think doing something at Applegate Park, it's in the center of the city. It's a big stage as many people can come, you know what I mean? And so, I, I mean, I think, I think that doing something there would be a great thing for yeah. the city. And if you need any help at all, let me know, because I would love to be a part of that and yeah. help that come true. Yeah, and a lot
1: of it's too. It's just city. It's not necessarily the city, you know, organizing and doing things, but it's the city supporting them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of this, it's people sometimes will sit back and say, "Oh, what's the city doing? What's the city doing?" Well, you know what? I mean, people got to step up, right? And yeah. a lot of it's just, and the city's got to let it happen.
0: Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I guess that that's the, that's that's that part of it. Someone else has thing. to come want to kind of direct it be in charge and then the city's there to be like hey we want we want this to succeed we want you yeah. to continue to do this there's a spot and we got to build we got to be
1: smart and i think we're going to do a really nice job of this when we kind of really start to work on downtown and invest in downtown mm-hmm. um and have for example there's a plan to build uh bob hart square and kind of extend it to the south towards 16th street mm-hmm. down canal and
0: it, oh okay we
1: do that there's a plan to have like a little stage area
0: that's cool, and that's so, right in the heart of downtown,
1: yep. dude. Right in the middle, so that'd be perfect. Have a new, we're trying, so kind to. kind of behind
0: it, kind of extended behind it, yep, around uh, five ten, basically. Yep. That that and that makes sense because I mean, yeah, you have a lot of parking lot, but I'm sure some of it can be yep. <laughs> rerouted and stuff. You guys yep. as a parking lot, but no, that, that I, I really like like both those ideas. That's and, a cool idea.
1: So if, funny, funny story. We um mm-hmm. we had a downtown uh, study committee in 2018 2019 that looked at it and said there needs to be a plaza there. Two separate downtown subcommittees from years past, we didn't even know about at the time. Had to say the same thing? Said the what? same exact thing. Wow. They said, you got to have a plaza there that kind of opens up. That makes up.
0: sense, though, because then you have, come downtown, you got to have a show, and you also got to support all these local businesses. It's the best of both worlds. Yeah. And plus, even having, like, you know, kind of street vendors and stuff like that. And I see that always gets done, uh, or a lot of the time, like, behind uh, of Main Street right there. A lot of people use that parking lot. That's the farmer's market, too, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly, but why not have a little more, like, that way during the farmer's market you could have someone playing. Yep. During an event you could have someone playing, and you can just have someone playing on Friday, Saturday nights or something along those lines, you know.
1: That's the thing. And it's, it's the city, and I think government at its best, too, it's it's not necessarily doing it, but it's creating the spaces and allowing people to, you know, to to flourish and allowing mm-hmm. people to do what they do. So if we kind of create those spaces that encourage
0: that. Yeah, people are going to, the know? artists are going to come. Yeah. And that the, just like you're about uh, the what, what do you call it? What showcase their talent? Hmm. Uh, yeah. It's just that same exact thing. No, I agree completely. And I'm glad that like, I think, I think people just need to hear that. Like, like we are down to support you guys, but just like, we can't take the, I mean, you know, in reality, you can't take the initiative on everything. Cause everyone's got a full-time job. You know what I mean? Like, like you're doing everything you can, but I, I, I really like that. And like that now people are hearing like, Oh, like the way you do it is like, just let us know you're interested in it and we can make it happen. That's the thing. It's like allowing
1: people to, contribute allowing people to step up that's the key local government I think, mm-hmm. in so many ways and if the more people you have adding value to this community then that's what makes it
0: great no that's yeah. awesome and i think yeah just community coming together in general and then so the next question is uh what are some plans for development out towards the UC? Anything in the works? Obviously, I'm sure everyone's been seeing the construction at uh, Yosemite and Paulson and that, or Yosemite area, Yosemite and G. So what else is coming that way?
1: Yeah, there's a lot. Uh, Yosemite and G1 area, the Yosemite Crossings Project. So that's uh, that's going to be a really nice retail area in town. There's a number of businesses coming in. Um, there's 96 apartment units. Oh, really? Another car wash, of course. <laughs> First
0: it was tire shops Next it was car yep. washes Man <laughs> Starbucks There's too many Starbucks Well, They gotta be close To the other one You'd think They're moving from the promenade We're, Yeah okay yeah I was gonna say that They have to I, I heard a Starbucks was coming I was like They gotta be yeah. like transitioning
1: That's what they're doing That's what they did downtown That's what they, they did They all of Yep Yeah Cause they want to drive through Yeah exactly Drive through is the money They make like triple the amount of money
0: or something. Damn so That makes a sense lot more, That completely makes sense though A lot more traffic People will drive across town To go to the drive through Versus go to the cafe yep. Get out of their car
1: <laughs> Um, but the biggest thing is around the UC. So um, the way cities grow, it has to be kind of contiguous to the current city border. You can't do some what's called a hopscotch or a mm-hmm. leapfrog development. So it has to be – you have to grow from the borders. So the current Merced boundary is mm-hmm. there's about 7,000 acres between the UC.
0: Prefer, yeah, I was going to say that's the closest development that, and, most, and the newest one in a long time too. Yep. So that's uh, – Besides from the UC's growth itself. Yep. So
1: that's probably – Thirty, forty years worth of growth to get to the UC. So yeah. what? Because
0: um, didn't Bellevue just get bought on the other side or something like that? Like, uh, no, I
1: don't know. Maybe I don't know.
0: Yeah, I, I just know that they're trying to get uh, yeah. at the end of M Street when it hits Bellevue. They're trying to get yeah. more people to go out that way too. Because yep. I guess it's still connecting. Like that's city. Saying. Yeah, that's
1: yeah, city north of yeah north of Bellevue on M. That's city, mm-hmm. and then it stops kind of around G. Uh. But so we'd have to gradually annex all that to get there. Uh-huh. Um, but there's a legislative fix. Our Assemblyman uh, Adam Gray carried a bill where, which has happened in other UC towns as well, where um, you can do you can do what's called a dumbbell or a road trip annexation. Mm-hmm. Pick a road, annex the UC, and the properties immediately around the UC. So we're going to do that. We're going to annex the UC, um, and then most likely annex property immediately surrounding it. Mm-hmm. We've already had presentations at the city council on. Both projects and they're both extremely impressive mm-hmm. um the virginia smith trust to the south and then the Univers- university vista to the west probably a total uh, again off the top of my head i don't remember the exact numbers but you're talking five thousand plus housing units Dang. compact around the uc mm-hmm. um all kinds of amenities shops uh, really a cool project
0: that's cool that's awesome so,
1: it's gonna be good and uh the the new unique thing about the virginia smith trust and It's in partnership with the Merced County Office of Education Mm -hmm. is that the profits from that go to provide scholarships to local.
0: Wow, that's real cool. That's real cool. Because then it's building back the community or that, you know what I mean? It's putting the the money and the knowledge and everything else back into the community. And I think that's the key with the growth of a city is like if we're doing if we're like growing at this fast rate, make sure that you do it in a way that's supporting the community itself. Yep. No, That's, that's awesome because yeah, we're going to grow. That's a big threat, and that's
1: the thing about Merced, Merced has steady growth throughout its history. The growth is probably going to pick up in the near future, yeah. I was gonna say, you would think
0: especially but it's growing right, yeah. No, I, I completely agree. I completely agree. Speaking of growing, when are we getting a Chick fil A? <laughs> <laughs> Same question as somebody told me the other day, they go, We are never getting a Chick fil A, yeah. I don't know,
1: we um. <laughs> Chick-fil-A is a tough one too. I mean, obviously it's a chain that started in the South. Mm-hmm. I believe it started in Georgia, if I'm not mistaken. But so their California footprint
0: isn't as thorough as it is in other parts yeah. of the country. Because so. right now it seems like it's big major cities, and it almost seems like the same thing as Trader Joe's, where yep. it seems like over a hundred thousand they have it, but under a yep. hundred thousand doesn't seem like a lot of cities have Chick-fil-A. Yep.
1: So that's another thing too. They want and these Trader Joe's, for example, that their, their prices they they sell you quality stuff. Um, at a at a reasonable price, mm-hmm. which, what does that mean? That means their margins probably aren't yeah. that big. Mm-hmm. So um, they have to, you know, how are they making money? And they're probably, their margins probably aren't that big. Mm-hmm. And so they got to sell a lot. Mm-hmm. And they can be busy, but if they're busy, that's not necessarily mean they're making money. So yeah. they need to be really, really busy.
0: Yeah, and that, what do you see when you go to a Chick-fil-A in any city? It's always busy. Yep. Same thing with In and Out, you know what I mean. Yep. And we just lucked out because you know In n Out started in California, so yep. we're we're, uh, we're within that. That's yeah.
1: That's, and that's different because yeah, it's more. So you look with, with a company than like that. You're looking at supply chain issues. You're mm-hmm. looking at so you got. That's what they're looking at. They're saying Chick Fil A's like, look, we got one in Fresno. We have one. Where's the next one? Modesto, maybe.
0: You're. Or- uh, I don't even think there's one in Modesto, yeah. honestly. And I, I think it's. Uh, if, I I think it might be uh, Oak Grove or something. Honestly. So if they put one here, then, I mean, how does that stretch their supply chain?
1: Mm. How does that affect their distribution? So mm-hmm. That's what they're looking at. Yeah. How does it cannibalize other sales? You know, if they're oversaturating it, now their they're Fresno store, they're getting, you know, say they're getting 100,000 customers a month. Yeah. Is that going to drop to 80,000? Yeah, exactly. So that's what they're looking at.
0: Mm-hmm. No, that, no that, that that makes a lot of sense. And this next question is a little fun. And one, <laughs> it's, uh, what an- animal do you identify with and why?
1: <laughs> I probably, say everybody over my life, just because I'm tall and I always had a skinny <laughs> neck, it would be a giraffe. <laughs> but I think that might be it. I like giraffes. <laughs> I like giraffes. I love bears. Uh huh. Um, I think I giraffe's are number one. Uh, Bear comes in a close second. Yeah, that's probably the. Those two. Those are probably number one. I like bears. They kind of just hang out on, on their own. Yeah, they do their own thing. Do their own thing. Eat berries. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mosey around. Yeah. Growl if anybody comes around them. I think it's a good life. <laughs> yeah, it's not a bad one. <laughs> I always love buffalo. I think. I mean, obviously, the and the story of what happened to buffalo is so tragic in the United States. But yeah.
0: Yeah. What that pile of buffalo skulls? The, no. That famous picture. You know, what I'm talking about. But just a legendary kind of animal. yeah. Yeah, And at least, like, I mean, they're still around. Yellowstone has a plethora of them, you know. People getting way too close to them all the time. (laughs) (laughs) And then my last question uh, from the people is, uh, any advice for someone who would like to run for mayor one day?
1: Yeah, I think, God, you want to run, I mean, you need so many things, I think, to say. Uh, Excuse me. Um, hard to just distill it down to one thing, but I think, you know, really important to, you know, know um, you know, know your community, know who you represent, know what they want. So you have to have, you know, be able to appeal to people in that way. Um, you know, know yourself. Uh, and at the end of the day, the biggest thing is simply, you know, you're given this office, you're given this gift and this privilege. And what did you do with it? Mm-hmm. Right. What how did you um, you know, what did you get done? How much did you do? You know, how did you make use of, of this opportunity? Mm-hmm. So, um, to me, that's kind of the challenge too, is just, you know, you're given a limited amount of time and then how much can we get done both in terms of the quality of it and the quantity of it just in that period, you know, mm-hmm. it's just, that's kind of the challenge too, because it's, it's not always easy making a bureaucracy work, making government work, yeah. getting, making things happen. Mm-hmm. So just the talent of
0: making things happen yeah, um, is is kind of the just being active too, yep. like I think, yeah. Before you or like you know being active in the city, you know, before your mayor, during your mayor, after your mayor, or whatever it may be, like just make sure that you're always doing something yeah. with the community. Yeah,
1: that's the thing. And number yeah, number one is just keep in mind, you know, your job's to make this place better, mm-hmm. and it's not, you know, it, it, everything you look at. It, the number one job is, is you know, how did you, and not just as mayor, but for anybody, right? You know, and I think the number one question is: How are you helping others? How are you serving others? And how are you making this world better?
0: Mm-hmm. And yeah, and I think that that's a goal you should have as an individual person on the planet, as well as if you have a bigger responsibility, like being mayor or something yeah. like that, as well.
1: Yeah, why is the city better because you know because of what I did? Yeah, that's,
0: yeah, you don't win just because oh, you get yeah, the title, right? Yeah, it exactly. But yeah. And that, that doesn't make you a good mayor either. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's what you, the actions you do when you are in place. Yep. And what I've seen is you've just been pretty active and through the community. And for the first time in a long time, like, I mean, not, I don't, I just, don't, I honestly don't know too many of the mayors in the past, you know what I mean? But I'm saying like, you stuck out to me cause I've always seen you out there. I saw you post on Instagram of you help cleaning up the Creek, you at the homeless shelters and all those different things. And I think just being proactive about things. And that's, the simple fact is just like we have to be proactive as a city, and it's yeah. not it's not just you. It's it's not me. It's the whole city in general needs to have that attitude and do those things. Yeah, it takes people, and progress isn't
1: isn't something that to t- t- take for granted. Mm-hmm. You know, having a good city is so it's not something that just appears. It's it's people doing it, people working, and and it's also precious because you know you look at what happened to this city when the base closed, and mm-hmm. so much of it you know, fell apart. Mm -hmm. And you look at other cities too. Like I just saw this, I don't know if you've seen it on the news, but, uh, Los Angeles right now with all the thefts from the trains.
0: Oh yeah. 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 I did see that. Yeah. That picture. (laughs) So you got, that's the thing. You have
1: people who build and who create, who make things better. But then there's also, unfortunately a lot of people who who tear things apart Mm -hmm. and ruin things. And so, you know, which one are you and how, and so much of it's too, it's fighting back that, you know, the the Mm -hmm. part of humanity that, that wants to kind of rip things up. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, I know. I completely agree. And then, uh, while we close things up, uh, my last two questions is just like, uh, what are some 2022 goals that you have for Merced and for yourself as well?
1: Yeah. For Merced, I think, you know, we've, we've got a lot, our, our council in 2021, I think made a lot of good progress in terms of making decisions and setting policy and funding projects when it comes to, you know, housing, homelessness, um, you know, public safety, uh, our parks, tons of stuff. So I think for us in 2022, now it's time of, of action and doing. Mm-hmm. You know, we've done the planning. We've we funded things. It takes a while. Government doesn't always move quickly. So, um, you know, to start getting stuff done. But I think, you know, a big thing for us is really um is Bear Creek and the Creeks, bringing that back to the community. Oh, um, for sure. I think that's top ticket mm-hmm. for me. Um, I think it's something that we... We're thinking about kind of dabbling in and starting to do with volunteer stuff this year, Mm -hmm. really taking off, honestly, beyond anything we expected. And now we got to start, you know, getting all the governments together involved as well, too. Um, You know, it's it's starting to hopefully make an impact on homelessness. We've been, for the most part, treading water on that, which I think it takes a lot of work. Yeah, time and time and work, I feel like. It's treading water in a anybody who treads water in a like a, in a hurricane no, right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. knows it takes a lot of work yeah, yeah. and a lot of energy. Up down buoyancy. Yep. You've got to find your middle ground. Yep. That's <laughs> what it is. I mean we're but we're we're fighting to you know stay afloat and I think we're doing it for mm-hmm. the most part. No, so.
0: yeah, no. I definitely think you are. And then how about for yourself? Any any goals for yourself for this year? No, nothing per I mean <laughs> I can't think of much. Just <laughs> focus, focus on the other ones. In yeah, huh?
1: <laughs> terms of myself, I just I don't know, I gotta just trying my best to stay young, you know. I'm 41 <laughs> and just gotta stay healthy and uh just uh you know, I kinda just keep working, to be honest. No. I mean just keep yeah. keep moving, stay strong and uh you know, and just keep I do my best to serve the city, to be honest. I mean yeah. like,
0: that's awesome. And then if people want to kind of like stay in tune with you, uh what's like your Instagram, your Facebook, how can people find find you and how to get involved with the community?
1: Yeah, Facebook's my name. Uh, you know, Matthew Serrato, Instagram is Matt Serato. I've been terrible on Instagram, but I'm starting to... Yeah, you got to move over for the young kids, man. (laughs) So I'm moving on that. So I'm getting (laughs) a lot... Just as actually as a couple of weeks ago, I said, you know what? I, I'm, I'm getting much, I'm going to start making much more yeah. effort on this. Yeah,
0: that. and honestly, you start being more active on it and people are going to start yeah. coming and tuning in with you. And it's as simple as that. Yep. And then I always like post promos and stuff for my podcast. So I'll generally, I post them on Facebook, but I also like Instagram's where like my, my audience is, you yep. know, more of. So I'll tag you in them and everything else. But I just want to say, I appreciate you coming on. Well, thanks sharing your story, uh, how you became mayor, what led you to the Central Valley and Merced specifically. And it was a great story. And I'm really glad that you got to share it with us.
1: No, a pleasure. Thanks for taking the time and inviting me on. Of course, of course, Matt. Thank you so much. This
0: is it. Real talk. What not? Real talk. That's it. Real talk.